Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. A promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. Our Ask the Experts weekend continues within the house with Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement in general, call 340-1045. Jared at Universal Roof and Contracting is ready to answer your questions. In the house on News 104.5 WOKV. Hello, good morning. That's right. In the house, your home improvement questions are answered Hi, my name is Jared Mellick. I own a business. It's called Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, throughout the week, we help people uh, primarily with their roofing, siding, and window needs. And then every weekend, come in and answer your home improvement questions. Now, just because I just do roofing, siding, windows, uh, doesn't mean that that's all the questions can be limited to. I am a licensed general contractor uh, here in the state of Florida. And, uh, and so most home improvement questions I can answer. So if uh, you have a leak somewhere, you want to know how to find it or stop it. Maybe you're thinking about doing a remodel or an addition. You want to know what type of remodel or addition pays off. Maybe you're thinking about replacing your flooring and you want to know what's the difference between engineered and laminate. Uh, really anything having to do with home improvement. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, you know, roofing questions uh, are certainly okay. Uh, source siding and window questions. So this show is from now until uh, 10 a.m. Would love for you to be a part of the show this morning. All you have to do to be a part of it is just give me a call. Number to dial is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. And if you're shy or don't like the sound of your voice on the radio, or maybe uh, you just don't want to talk to me, but you still want your question answered, uh, you can email me a question, and then I'll read it live on the air and then answer that question. You can just send it to questions at universalroofjacks.com or questions at inthehouseshow.com. Uh, both of those go to the same place, which is my smartphone that is in my hand right now, uh, just in case uh, you decide you want to email me a question. Uh, so some stuff on my talk agenda today. Uh, we are uh, at the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show uh, today, and so uh, it's going on uh, all day today. Uh, so if you wanted to come down uh, to the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show, uh, more than welcome to do that. It's going on all day today and all day tomorrow. So I'll be talking about that a little bit throughout the show uh, but the best part of this show, let's face it, it's not me. Uh, it is you, our great listener, and we'd love for you to be a part of the show by dialing 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions. And... Um, uh, lots of stuff uh, to get to on today's show. Uh, however, let's just go ahead and uh, start right with a phone call question. Uh, let's go to Doug in St. Augustine. Doug, you're in the house. How can I help you this morning? Yeah, how's it going, Jared? Doing really well. Thanks, man. How about yourself? All right. I'm uh, painting a house that has hardy board 
Uh-huh. That, that's old. It's old Hardy Board. Right. And, uh, of course, it's uh, peeling away a little bit, you know, when when I pressure cleaned it, I did a long distance away. I didn't get close or nothing like that. And it, and it peeled, you know, some of the surface area away. Sure. Um, what, what was the best thing, do you think, with patch that? And what would I prime it with and finish coat it with? Now, when you're saying that it peeled some of the surface away, is it the surface of the hardy board itself or just the yes. paint over the top of it? No, no, no. It's the hardy board itself. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind you say, it, it, is it a large section or just a couple small pieces? Just a couple or? small pieces on the strips on the bottom. It's just stuff that's treated on the siding on the side of the house. Okay. It's just like three strips that, you know, that were close to the cement base, and it just peeled up a little bit. It bubbled a little bit. I did my scraper after it dried. It just sort of like gummed up a little bit. Then I tried sanding it with some fine sandpaper and got it down, but okay. I want to sort of blend it into the rest of the siding. Sure. So, so one, it, it, Hardy typically does not peel like that. So if it was, if it's just a small piece, it doesn't really get, it concerned me too much. Uh, if it was larger sections, I would want to con, I would want you to have you, I would want to have you contact Hardy just to make sure that there's not some manufacturer anomaly and, or manufacturer defect in that you know, uh, run of siding. You know, Hardy has a great warranty to it. It's not something that typically does separate, although we do see if there is going to be a manufacturer defect, a lot of times it is the separation of the layers that we're going to see. Now, Hardy is continually improving their product, and so they, they have... Uh, you know, different um, different versions of them along the years. What will happen is, is they're constantly doing research and studies on their products to find how they resist weathering the most. And so they're doing uh, different um, different improvements to them over the years. And so the Hardy of, you know, 15 years ago uh, is not quite as good as the Hardy today, uh, but it's all really good. I mean, Hardy board siding is a, is a great material, but if we were finding that peeling uh, throughout the entire um, home, then I would have you go ahead and contact the manufacturer uh, just to make sure that there wasn't a, a defect in that run of siding. Uh, they actually save pieces of every run that they do uh, just so that that way they can test against it. So uh, because you're telling me that it's not, you know, that it's not all over the place, I'm not too concerned with it. So there's a couple different things that you can do. What you what you started talking about is is that you had sanded it. That's that's the first step. You want to sand the rough edges of where you have any sort of uh, imperfections. Now, um, some people uh, are really good with with um, uh, patching compounds or caulking to be able to smooth it out. Uh, and so that's usually what we recommend to kind of smooth that area. If you go to the home improvement store, you can find uh, exterior patching compounds, usually in the paint section. And then what I recommend that you do is that you kind of place it on uh, let it dry, smooth it out with sandpaper, so just so that that way you're kind of smoothing out the edges. And you can do the same thing with, with caulking as well. You place it on, let it dry a little bit, and then kind of smooth it out. Uh, smooth it out with your, um, sorry, with caulking, you smooth it out with water while it is still wet. Uh, and then let it dry. Um, and all you're trying to do is you're just trying to hide those imperfections. I've also seen people use, uh, you know, like Bondo, like um, 
uh, you know, that you would use in, in car repairs. Uh, if there's a huge hole or a huge gap, you may consider replacing those individual pieces of Hardy uh, if you can't get the imperfections uh, hidden with, um, with just, you know, the patching compounds or the caulking. Yeah, but it's 15 years old, and it's on the sun side of the house, so I sort of expected that to happen pretty soon anyway because I saw it last year, and I said, oh, something's going to happen here. And then with everything, the storm and rain, it came through. So, well, I appreciate it, man. You answered my question. What would I prime that with, just regular primer? Yeah, yeah, you want to use a so key uh, when uh, when uh, painting is one you want to make sure that you you get it nice and clean, a nice good clean surface. And actually, if you go to the Hardy website, they actually have step by step instructions on how to on how to repaint their old materials. It's in the they have a best practices section. So if you just go to jameshardy.com and there's a search tab uh, where you can search repaint uh, and uh, or if you go just to the customer support center there's a there's a whole article on how to prep, uh, what type of primer to use, uh, what PSI uh, uh, pressure washer to use. They have a whole good write-up on on how to repaint Hardy siding. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Jared. Thanks a bunch. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate your call. Bye-bye. If you want to take his line, the number is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 is the number to dial. You can also email me a question to questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right. Let's go to Pam on the south side. Pam, you're in the house. How can I help you? Hi. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. I have a question about a tub shower remodel I am contemplating on doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to keep the tub at first because it's a uh, guest bath for um, resale. But um, most how we use our shower and how people shower today is I wanted to do a walk-in. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do a curbless entry with aging populations, too. It's good to get it in and out. You don't trip over the curb. It yes. looks good because it's one continuous look. Mm-hmm. But I'm on a slab, and I don't know if that's an issue to get proper grade for drainage because i have a walk-in in my master but it's about oh i don't know two inches recessed in my master this would be sure. a continuous and i don't want to raise the floor throughout the rest of the bathroom so do you suggest a curbless entry shower or should i just keep a curb well first of all the look of the curbless is 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 really nice uh it is what we find today so many times when you go into new construction today almost all of them are curbless just because it's a it's a nice aesthetic look the curb serves a purpose in that it stops the water from transferring in the shower to the rest of the bathroom so you had talked about how your master was recessed so therefore you could do a curbless that you have to have the ability for the water to actually drain out so either the shower has to be has to start out lower uh, and then you build it up so that it is you know sloped to the drain and then where it gets to the access point of where you come into the shower it's raised to the same level that the floor is so that that way you still have drainage so either the floor has to be higher or the shower has to be lower when it starts out and so sometimes uh, with the tubs when you remove the tub, that area will be recessed sometimes. Most of the time, not, though. Most of the time, that whole uh, sh- that whole bathroom floor is going to be exactly the same. Now, 
we have uh, in the past, um, I, I did a lot of kitchen and bathroom modeling. I'm currently not, not doing it um, uh, in, in my business, but for years I did kitchen and bathroom modeling. And so uh, you are correct that for, as, a, um, a, as an aging society, it's better to have kind of that roll-in function uh, so because of, you know, wheelchair or just ease of use uh, being not having to step over. So there's many times where what we would do is we would cut out that area of the slab where the shower is going and then re-pour that to a lower height, sloping it correctly so that that way you could do a curbless. Now, most kitchen and bath remodeling companies can do that. So what I usually recommend, the best way to make a decision is with all the information. So usually what I would recommend is when you have your contractor quote it, have them quote it both ways. Have them quote it with a, with a curb and have them quote it uh, doing curbless. We're typically going to find that the curbless is going to be more expensive. However, you just look at the cost difference and see if it's worth it to you. Like you said, the new construction is doing it. It looks really good. Um, I wasn't sure if there was any structural issues by if you jackhammered or chiseled. It doesn't have to be that much. My research was like, you know, a quarter inch per, a quarter inch drop per 12, per 12 inches or per foot. That's correct. Yep, quarter but, inch per foot drop. Yep. But, you know, so if it's a six foot length, it would have to drop a little more than an inch, inch and a quarter, you know, from back to front or however you put it. But, um, you know, is it, is, are there structural issues by jackhammering or removing some of that? I, I don't think you'd have to go all the way down or remove all the slab. Well, most of the time you do just because, not always, but um, but most of the time you do. Most of the time it's easier to just cut it and then re-pour it uh, than it is to chisel part of it because you're not going to get an even connection. In other words, you're not going to be able to get two inches down just in that that whole area you'd have to cut it like every inch inch and a half two inches and then chisel it and so a lot of times we find that it's easier just to saw cut it remove that area of the slab and then re-pour it to the height that you want um, and sometimes you don't have to do the whole thing sometimes you can keep the edges as they are and then just chisel uh, or remove the center portion of it depending on where the drain is so um, but uh, from a structural standpoint, uh, you know, monolithic is better than patched, right? So um, uh, now if you need to move the drain at all, so let's say that you're enlarging that shower area, then a lot of times we have to go in and, and uh, you know, go into the slab anyways. Or if you're remove, moving the plumbing at all, then you have to go into the slab anyways. So a lot of times that, you know, it's, it's a moot point. It's the same cost whether you uh, do a, a curbless or, or do a curbed. But um, again, I, my recommendation is always to get a quote both ways, and then that'll help you make a, make a decision on it. Okay. And regardless of which way I go, do I still have to do, I know I do the cement board all the way around and everything for the tile, but do you still do a barrier and go up four inches up the studs and, you know, do a water test? And that's what they did on my master. Would I still have a barrier before you pour the concrete? Well, you have to put, um, when you disturb the existing slab, if that's what you do, for, you need to do termite protection, some sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, um, 
ground chemicals so that that way you don't have bugs coming up through. Then it's a, you need to do visqueen, some sort of plastic goes down first, and then you pour uh, the slab on top of it. And then, yes, there is waterproofing that then goes on top of that. Now, there's a bunch of different style of waterproofing that is used today. There's liquid ones. There's pre-manufactured um, ones. And then uh, so there's, there's a bunch of different options when it comes to waterproofing. But it does need to be waterproofed on top of the existing, on top of either the existing concrete or the new concrete that you put. Okay, great. Well, thanks for all your help. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. If you want to take her line, the number to dial here is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. You're listening to End the House. We'll be right back. Welcome back in the house. Your home improvement questions are answered. 340-1045. My name is Jared Malik. Let's go straight back to the phones. Let's talk to Misty on the south side. Misty, you're in the house. How can I help you? Hello. Um, Hi. I have... Oh, let me turn down my phone. I have a question about um, my house. I did a room addition by enclosing the carport mm-hmm. um, a number of years ago. The long side is cinder block, but the two ends are hardy board. And I just heard what you were saying about cleaning hardy board. And my hardy board really needs cleaning because I did not leave enough roof overhang on the end mm-hmm. of the um, the addition. Right. And so the rain hits the ground and then splashes up on the hardy board and about the bottom foot or two is green. Okay. And I was wondering if there's some way I can easily, if I could extend the roof overhang or clean the hardy board or or what I need to do about that. Sure. I, I mean, heard you know, y'all were a roofing company. Yeah, so extending the extending the overhang is, is not an easy thing. I mean, it's... Um, uh, you know, because you have to extend the actual roof structure and then the sheathing and then whatever roofing material it is. So that is not a simple method. So d- is there any overhang whatsoever? About a foot. Okay. So, it. yeah, so a foot is not too bad. So the thing that I would um, that I would start off doing is just understand that areas that get more sunlight, areas that get more water those have to be protected, uh, uh, cleaned, painted more often. Understand that that Hardy, uh, just like any other exterior surface, relies on the paint on the outside of it as part of the protection. And so when you have an area like that that gets a lot of water splashing back up on it, you have to make sure that it is painted more often than if you have a nice long overhang where it doesn't get direct water. So every few years, what you'll want to do is you'll just want to make sure that you repaint that area. So good idea to, you can spray a fungicide and mildicide on it so that you can actually clean off some of that green fungus and algae and then get a nice clean surface through pressure washing and then just paint it with a good quality exterior paint as long as you do that often you should be okay in that area thanks misty for your call we got to take a quick break it's a hard break for news you're listening to in the house we'll be right back
Our Ask the Experts weekend continues within the house with Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement in general, call 340-1045. Jared at Universal Roof and Contracting is ready to answer your questions. In the house on News 104.5 WOKV. That is right. We are here answering your home improvement questions. Hi, my name is Jared Malik. I own Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, throughout the week, I help you with your roofing, siding, and window needs. And then every weekend, come in and answer your home improvement questions. Love for you to be a part of the show. Number here, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. You can also email a question through questions at universalroofjacks.com or questions at inthehouseshow.com. I'll read the question and then answer it uh, live on the air. Uh, but you got to do that fairly quickly. Um, so I want to talk to you a minute of, uh, about Renewal by Anderson. Uh, Renewal by Anderson is the window replacement division of the Anderson Corporation, and they uh, make the best replacement windows on the market. They're made of a material called Fibrex. So you know how a lot of times people replace their windows with, a, with vinyl windows. Well, vinyl is not designed to get direct sunlight. Many times we find that uh, there's a big expansion and contraction. It can warp over time, uh, not as strong as some other types of materials. Uh, then there's uh, wood windows. Wood windows uh, rot here in Florida. Anytime you have wood exposed to the elements, it's going to dry and crack and deteriorate. Well, uh, years ago, Anderson set out to make a replacement window that looked like wood but did not rot. And they came up with a, and invented a material called Fibrex. And that's what Renewal by Anderson windows are made of is the great Fibrex material. And uh, so I want you to call Renewal by Anderson if you're thinking about uh, replacing your windows or you just want to save energy at your home or you go over and you find that there's you have drafty windows or they won't open or you there's uh, it, they're um, uh, dirty to the point where it looks like they just can't come clean. Well, a lot of times that's a, a seal failure issue. Uh, and so Renewal by Anderson uh, is the best uh, window replacement on the market. And you can give them a call. Uh, their uh, phone number is 222-8064. Again, 222-8064. Of course, area code 904. And they're having a special just specifically for our In the House uh, show listeners, uh, which is 30% off the entire order. But the first seven callers, you have to be one of the first seven callers in order to qualify for that, uh, for that discount. Uh, and for that incentive, again, the phone number 222-8064. Again, 222-8064 for Renewal by Anderson. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk a minute about roofing. You know, many times people don't think about roofing until they have an actual roof leak. And uh, so in my business, so many times that's the call that I get. You know, uh, uh, we have uh, big heavy rains and then, you know, the phones are call uh, are ringing off the hook and uh, like, oh my gosh, I had a roof leak. And, and so now I need somebody to come out here immediately to actually fix it. Well, what, it, what ends up happening is, is that the, within our business, we have big cycles of busyness and slowness based on what the weather is. And so what ends up happening is, is if you 
know business, you know that there is this thing called supply and demand. And so what happens is, is that our rates are affected. What we charge and what we pay for things is affected by the busyness, uh, by supply and demand. And so this time of year is really the best time of year to have your roof repaired or replaced because it's just not as busy as some of the other times of year. So if you know that your roof is getting towards the end of its life, if that you had a roof leak once and you never actually fixed it, but it didn't leak again, well, they don't necessarily repair themselves. And so it very possibly could still be leaking or that leak may come up later on uh, when we get our next big heavy rain. And so don't wait until the rainy season. It's a good idea to have that roof looked at now. Now, many times it's just a small repair and many times it's a you know roof replacement. Either way, we do both at Universal Roof and Contracting. And uh, we are having, for the month of March, we're having our 31-day sale where it's 15% off uh, your roof repair or roof replacement. There are some limitations, uh, but uh, but if you call the office, uh, they can go over those with you. But we always come out and take a look at it for free. Don't wait until the rainy season. Good idea to have it looked at today. And at Universal Roof and Contracting, our phone number is 495-0948. Again, 495-0948. Uh, we do have girls in the office now that uh, can take your call. They're going to go ahead and set up an appointment for one of our estimators to come out and take a look at it. They'll give you a set appointment time, and we'll, we'll actually show up when we say that we will. Uh, and our phone number, uh, 904-495-0948. 0948 again 4950948 and um uh, we do have uh, people standing by to take those calls and uh, whether it's a shingle roof or or, or a metal roof or a, or a tile roof you know many people are uh, considering replacing their shingles with metal uh, it is more expensive than what shingles are uh, but it is a very good option couple things with metal roofs that that I just want to give you advice on is that I always recommend removing the existing material rather than going over the top one of the common questions that we get is whether or not to remove the existing material. And you're allowed by law and allowed by code to place two layers of material on your roof. So if you have one layer of shingles, theoretically, we would be allowed to place metal over the top of it. But I always think it's a good idea to get down to the wood to make sure that the wood's in good condition. Uh, we replace roofs every single day, uh, and I can tell you over 90% of the time when we replace a roof, there is some amount of rotted wood underneath of it. And so if you're going over the top of the existing materials, that means that 90% of the time you would be covering over some amount of bad wood. And so it's a much better idea to get down into the wood substrate, take a look at the wood. There's also new nailing codes. There's a code that says that when we remove a roof, we have to re-nail the decking 
to the trusses with ring shank nails. Now, what this was prompted by is that many of the hurricanes that we've had throughout the state of Florida, they've discovered that so much of the damage to roofs have been caused because the sheathing or the plywood or the board decking is not fastened correctly to the trusses. And so what'll happen is, is you get wind uplift, that causes some separation in the wood, which loosens it, which allows uh, damage to occur. And so now what is required is that when we replace a roof, we have to re-nail all of that plywood to the trusses to make sure that it is secure. Well, if you're placing a metal roof over the top of an existing roof, you're not able to re-nail the decking. And so there's a strengthening that is happening when you're replacing the roof, but that can only be done if you remove what is there. It's one of the many reasons why I recommend, uh, instead of going over the top, I recommend actually pulling that old material off and, um, uh, and going with a, a good solid new material. The other thing with, with metal roofs is that I recommend what's called a self-adhered polymer modified underlayment system. It's a peel and stick rubberized underlayment. And what it does is it acts as a gasket to actually seal around the nails uh, or screws. And uh, it's a rubberized material. So when you fasten through it, instead of just being torn the way that regular felt or underlayment is, it actually is rubberized. So it acts as a gasket to seal around those fasteners. It adheres directly to the wood. So even if you have storm damage uh, to the main roof, it actually is adhered to the wood, which means it won't come off. That also gives you a reduction on your homeowner's insurance uh, because um, it is uh, what's called a, a self-sealing underlayment system. So it actually gives you a reduction on your homeowner's insurance. And same thing with the renailing that I described earlier. That also gives you a reduction on your homeowner's insurance. And if you go over the top, you don't get either of those reductions. And so uh, those are the you know some of the reasons why I recommend removing and some of the re reasons why I recommend a metal roof over a shingle roof. One of the, th the other things that I do recommend though when you're looking at metal roofs is it's always a better idea to use a metal roof that does not have exposed fasteners. I see all throughout Jacksonville people are going with metal roofs and they're using the style where you have to nail or screw through the top of it and then that fastener has a rubber washer. Understand that a roof is only as strong as its weakest point. You're taking really one of the better materials, the metal, and then you're putting hundreds or thousands of holes in it where you're fastening through the top of it. I recommend what's called a standing seam or closed seam metal roof where those fasteners are not exposed. It's a little bit more expensive than the exposed fastener one, but it is from a longevity perspective much better. But we do all types of roofs at, at Universal Roofing Contracting, and uh, so uh, we'll give you different options for different ones, and then you can make um, uh, you can make your decision. As I said, for March we're having a 31-day sale. Uh, it's March 4th, which means there's 27 days left. Uh, you can get 15% off your entire order. Uh, and um, uh, that includes both the material, the labor, the installation, everything. It's 15% off, uh, but you have to uh, call us uh, and uh, have that work perf not performed in March, but you have to sign up in March in order to be eligible for it. Uh, and again, our phone number, 495-0948. Again, 495-0948. Of course, area code 904.
All right, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, it's your last chance to call with your home improvement questions. I do have a line open for you. Number to dial 340-1045. Again, uh, 340-1045. You're listening to In the House. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, welcome back. Final segment this week's In the House. You're welcome to give us a call here, 340-1045. If you don't reach us, you can also email me a question, questions at universalroofjacks.com. If you're thinking about having your roof replaced or repaired or siding done, you can call my office, 495-0948. Uh, or Renewal by Anderson, 222-8064. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's talk to Bob in Middleburg. Bob, you're in the house. How can I help you? I have a log home that was built in 1985 that's got the metal roof. My question is, underneath the metal roof, uh, there is no plywood. Right. When I have a new roof put on, should I have plywood put down before the new metal roof is put down? Yes. Uh, so that is what's called space sheathing. So basically, usually what's going to have, it's going to have like a one by four that goes across and the anchor area or the area where the metal is screwed on is then anchored into that one by four. So having a good solid sheathing material is better. And so we're going to find that most people uh, will uh, end up installing solid sheathing. Now, there's two methods that you can u- do to do that. One is is that you can just place wood in between the pieces of, of wood that are there. And the second method is to, to remove that one by four and do solid plywood. Usually what I recommend is that you get a quote for both and then make a decision. I personally like having the solid sheathing, uh, removing the one by four and installing new plywood over the entire thing with new plywood clips. It holds the the wood supports to uh, better together, and so that's what I would personally do is the uh, is the solid sheathing of uh, having new plywood installed. Okay. So. But there is a um, one other thing. So there, some municipalities will allow you to be grandfathered in and not install solid sheathing and install it back on the space sheathing. Uh, but the underlayment systems that you can use with that are not as good. And so, uh, so um, some municipalities will allow you to be grandfathered in and not uh, install solid sheathing, just so, so you're aware. So. Okay, but wouldn't it be more insulated for solid sheathing? Yeah, it's. I would do it either way. Even if the municipality lets you get, be grandfathered in, 100% it's better to do solid sheathing with a good peel-and-stick rubberized underlayment system. That's the best. Okay. So. All right, All right I, I appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate your call. All right, let's go to Nick in Ponte Vedra. Nick, you're in the house. How can I help you? Yes, uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you for your uh, your show. Um, okay, I've got this situation in the condo here in PV, and it's kind of unique. It's kind of weird. Um, had to repipe, so I ran all the uh, water lines up in the attic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one night I'm home, and there's a leak. So I sh- immediately shut the water off, had my plumbers come look at it, thinking it's probably something they did. Maybe a joint wasn't, you know, connected properly, what have you. It's actually rodents. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So they chewed through the little insulation piece and then chewed into the water pipe. So I had minimal damage, but it was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so looked online for some remedies. Um, since that has happened, actually, the, um, the pest people have um, redid the outside attic vents and so forth, or e-vents, I should say, mm-hmm. and um, sealed them off nicely and doing their part. But I need to find out what I can do proactively now in the attic to make them resistant to these little critters getting in and causing more damage. Sure. So there's not an easy way to do it. In other words, most of the insulation materials isn't going to stop you know, rodents once they're in there from actually uh, chewing on it. It has to be something that would physically be strong enough to stop them. So I think the easiest way is, which by the way, there is no easy way, but in general, the easiest that you're probably going to find is to take the same mesh that the critter control people used. It is a, you know, similar to chicken wire, but it's a, you know, aluminum or metal kind of uh, fabric material that is placed in areas that don't allow the critters to get in. If you take rolls of that and then place it over the top of the pipe, pushing it around the insulation and then using like zip ties or something to actually hold it together uh, so that that way physically they can't get to the pipes. Uh, that would probably be the the easiest way that I can think of. Um, and even that is not, you know, it's not easy, but that's that's probably what I would do. Yeah, and, you know, of course there's hundreds of lineal feet up oh, there. Oh, yeah. No, and it's hard to get in and out of there because yep. um, I'm not a big guy, but it's not fun. Um, but um, secondly, have you heard any um, information on boric acid? Yes, yeah. So theoretically, boric acid is supposed to stop critters from getting on things, but it doesn't. So there's there there's nothing that I have found short of physical protection. So the first thing is is stopping the critters from ever getting in, and you know, and so you have to look at every single entry point. And there's times like I I'm pretty good at it. And a number of years ago, I ended up getting rats in my attic, and I could not find it. And I called one of my guys who I use to to do that sort. Of thing, and he came over, and there was this one small opening that I just didn't even see. It was actually the side of my garage door. There was a small gap there, and so he put metal flashing that stopped him from getting in. So stopping them from getting in is the best thing. And then what you're talking about is adding additional protection so that that way, if they get in, they still can't chew through, and that the metal mesh covering over the pipes is the is the best thing in my opinion. But right, any sort of chemical won't actually stop them. Yeah, gotcha. Well, that sounds good. I'd probably um, hopefully be able to buy that at one of the local um, hardware stores or something, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Big box stores are definitely going to have it. Yep. Okay, awesome. All right, thanks, brother. Appreciate your call. Good, good luck with that. All right, so we have come to the end of the show. I do appreciate you listening. Uh, this show is called In the House. It's every Saturday morning. Again, if you uh, want uh, your roof looked at, uh, if you're thinking about replacing it or it's just getting that time or you have a leak that you need fixed, my business, Universal Roofing Contracting, we're having a 31-day sale for the month of March. Uh, phone number for us, 495 Think about roof replacing your windows. It's renewal by Anderson two 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 eight zero six four. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. See ya. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.